time. Time is running out. Calling all patriots and lovers of our constitutionally protected, God-given, self-evident, innate legal rights in Tennessee and the United States of America. If you are sickened by the liberty-eroding activities of a government that hates you, then it is time to wake up. If you are fed up with the tyrannical leadership on display by all levels of government, now is the time to listen to your reveille call. If you are equally tired of the political class, the new aristocracy, lying to you in their pursuit of power and control, now is the time to take a stand in the arena. Please welcome your host, Larry Linton, U.S. Navy veteran and candidate for Tennessee House of Representatives to the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast. Welcome to the new schedule for the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Still coming to you from the Goat Locker studio here in Sevier County, Tennessee, though. Yep, I'm still on sabbatical from coaching. I'm taking some time to recover from the campaign. Also, to spend some time with my family for the holidays. I will also be using this time off to take care of some more medical issues. Not to worry, though. Nothing dramatic or life-threatening. Being a veteran and going through the VA to get things scheduled especially since the main VA hospital is a 90-minute drive from the house, can make scheduling things quite daunting. But thanks to the Mission Act signed by former President Trump in 2018, it has made it easier for veterans like myself to seek out and receive care in the local community. That has definitely made things easier, even though the wait times for specialty care can be somewhat lengthy. You know, I heard many horror stories about the VA prior to my retirement. But let me tell you, the VA hospital and all of its staff at Mountain Home in Johnson City, as well as the outpatient clinic here in Sevierville, have been nothing but outstanding. As we head into the Thanksgiving season, that is one of the many things that I am thankful for. A talented and compassionate group of people here and in Johnson City that really do their best for the veterans of our nation. In today's episode on liberty, we will discuss what I believe is the greatest threat to liberty today. So that leads me to ask you, the audience, this question. What do you think is the greatest threat to the people's liberty in our constitutional republic? We have discussed many threats to our liberty on this program before. Let's go over a few of them as I see them right now. After we go over them, and then get to what I believe in my heart is liberty's greatest threat, I would like the audience to let me know if they agree or disagree. Or maybe you think there is a bigger threat that we do not cover in this episode. Send me your thoughts in an email. The email address for the show is larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. All one word, Liberty Leadership and Lies. Or you can comment on any of the social media pages where I share this episode. I'm on Twitter, True Social, Instagram, LinkedIn, MeWe, Facebook, Rumble, and Telegram. In Season 3, this show just might be available on YouTube as well. We'll see though. But let's cover down on some of what I believe are some really huge threats to our liberty. First are both major political parties a threat to our liberty? Well, absolutely they are. 
That was one of the reasons why I chose to run as an independent candidate in the last election. More on that in the months to come, but back to the question. Are the two major political parties a threat to the liberty of the citizens of our republic? Yes. Yes, they are. And it should not be a secret, but most people are unaware of the threat they pose. We were warned about them at the time of our nation's founding by none other than President George Washington. We've discussed this before. Some of the words he used were quite striking, though, such as these. Let me now take a more comprehensive view and warn you in the most solemn manner against the baneful effects of the spirit of party generally. Baneful effects? What are those? Well, baneful effects cause harm or trouble. George Washington also stated that political parties would always serve to distract the public councils or agitate the community with ill-founded jealousies and false alarms. They would kindle the animosity of party against each other. They would also open the door to foreign influence and corruption, making our national policies and our national will subject to the policy and will of another nation. That sounds eerily like Ukraine here recently, doesn't it? President Washington also stated that political parties demand uniform vigilance to prevent it from bursting into flame that would consume our nation. Wow, it's almost like he could see into the future, doesn't it? That last part, though, uniform vigilance. Keep that in mind as we go through the threats to our liberty. Yes, political parties are a threat to our liberty, a big one. But I do not believe they are the greatest threat to our liberty, even though they, the GOP and the DNC, they have become the uniparty, they aren't even a close second to the biggest threat. What the political parties represent is the product of the biggest threat to our liberty. What I mean is this, they are not the cause of the biggest threat, but an effect of the biggest threat. Number two, what about an ever-increasing in size and scope federal government? Is that a threat to our liberty? Of course it is. One of the ways that it grew to be the size it is today is through our current progressive income tax system. The federal government first considers what it wants in the area of intrusiveness in the lives of Americans before it ever considers the increasing debt burden or even the people's liberty and the limits placed on its authority by the Constitution. Because, you know, the debt burden it is placing on us and all future generations of Americans is definitely a threat to our liberty as well. The federal government Ever since the unconstitutionally passed 16th Amendment came into existence, they get the first cut of every American's wages. There is no option for getting out of that without a threat of removing your freedom. Pay up or go to jail, right? Because somewhere along the way, the government and its enablers, they thought that it knows best how to better manage our money than we do. Do you think a national debt of over $31 trillion demonstrates good money management? Was that $31 trillion of debt generated by government securing the people's liberty, the primary function of government? 
Of course not. What it does represent is this. It means our government took out loans in our name to the tune of nearly a quarter of a million dollars per taxpayer in this nation. And they did it for a multitude of reasons other than securing our liberty or the liberty of our posterity. Our enormous government created a federal debt to gross domestic product, GDP. It created a federal debt to GDP ratio that has surpassed 120%. A total of federal, state, and local government debt to GDP ratio is now north of 135%. If you or I handled our finances that way, we would be in jail, right? Our freedom would be removed. The federal government growing to this size via a confiscatory taxation policy is a definite threat to our liberty. But is it the biggest threat to our liberty? Maybe so, maybe not. But I believe that this too is an effect of the cause that is the biggest threat to the liberty of the citizens of our republic. Let's explore further, though, with the next one. How about a free press? A free press that is actually no longer free. A press that was originally operated to be a watchdog on government activities, but is now a partner with government to be a watchdog on the activities of the citizens of this nation. You can lump social media with what is supposed to be a free press as well. Are these social media organizations, along with big tech companies like Google, YouTube, and many others, are they bringing sunshine on the activities of a government that now hates us? No. They are now 100% in bed with government and its monitoring of the citizens. These social media companies and big tech companies and the national media they will suppress the truth when it comes to illegal or unethical activities of our nation's ruling elite, while simultaneously disparaging private citizens and groups that are attempting to do what is supposed to be the job of the free press. Social media companies are taking that a few steps further in their banning of speech that doesn't fit in with the new aristocracy's talking points or quote-unquote snitching people out to the weaponized law enforcement agencies in our nation so they can silence people. If we had a free press that was actually performing its intended role in a free society, along with social media companies that didn't tilt the scales in favor of totalitarian control of the digital public square, we certainly would not be in the mess we are in right now. Yes, the unfree press, along with social media and big tech companies, they are a huge threat to our liberty. But we must ask the same question here. Are they the greatest threat to our liberty? We'll see. Once I tell you what I believe to be the biggest threat to our liberty, you will see that what has happened to our free press, social media companies, and big tech companies it is just another effect to the cause. Moving on, though, how about our current public education system? 
Is it, the public education system in our nation, the biggest threat to liberty? You don't know how much I want to say that yes, yes, the public education system and its supporting unions are the greatest threat to our liberty. It's almost a knee-jerk, compulsive reaction for me to say yes to that question. After what I have seen, researched, and worked with people trying to hold school boards accountable for the past two years, I would love to jump up and down and point the finger right at public education in our nation and declare that they are the biggest threat to our liberty. Let's list some of the ways that public education is threatening our liberty and then see if it is the greatest threat. Is critical race theory and social-emotional learning destroying our children's relationship with their parents? Are those systems the reason behind our nation's children falling behind other developed countries by nearly every measure of success? Are the positions and advocacy of the unions like the NEA and the AFT, among others, are the policies they are pushing into our nation's schools, which were exposed during the scandemic, are they the reason behind our failing schools? Is the education system that is pushing divisive, corrosive, and sexualizing curriculum into children's heads a threat to our liberty? Is it the biggest threat to our liberty? When America's children are taught that the founding of our nation is evil, or they do not educate the children about how the citizens are sovereign and the Constitution actually limits government and not people, when that happens, is that a threat to our liberty? Of course it is. When generations of children are indoctrinated to hate our country's founding, indoctrinated with lessons that teach we are a nation of colonizers or oppressors, or that each of us is one of the two, an oppressor or an oppressed, along with not being taught how our federal government has very limited, enumerated powers through which we control government and not the other way around. When children are taught the conflicting messages of God the Creator at home and government the Creator and Savior in public schools, it is most definitely a threat to our liberty. When they aren't taught that our rights come from God, but they come from government, they learn that their liberty is controlled by the government and not the people. The rot in public education has a lot to do with the current state of affairs in our nation. It has contributed to generations of people growing up thinking government knows best and that it was instituted to take care of the people. They were not taught that governments are instituted to secure the people's liberty, not to be their caretakers or parent-like figures. What responsible adult, soon after reaching the age of 18 in our nation, wants a new set of parents that will clothe, feed, and house them? Well, that question answers itself. Our public education system is not contributing to growing responsible adults. It, too, though, is an effect of the cause. I want to go back to what I said when first talking about public education, though, as I discussed what is the biggest threat to our liberty. I stated I would love to jump up and down and point the finger right at public education in our nation and declare that they are the biggest threat to our liberty. Many of you may remember some adult figure early in your life telling you that when you are pointing your finger accusingly at somebody, 
that you are really pointing three fingers right back at yourself. Well, if each of us right now pointed at something that we thought was the biggest threat to our liberty, three fingers would be pointing right back at ourselves. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest threat to our liberty, to our constitutionally protected rights, is the person staring back at us in the mirror every day. Each of us, including myself, played a role in our republic getting to the point we are at right now. I'll be the first to admit that I have my share of blame in this, and all of the above, just as I believe most of the American public shares the blame in this. The citizens, past and present, their apathy is the biggest cause to all of the effects I listed above. As well as many others we have not discussed today, our apathy is causing us all to lose our liberty. And it can be in degrees. These problems that we're encountering right now, they do not pop up suddenly and all by themselves. I fell into the trap in my younger years of believing the lie that the topics of politics and religion are not to be discussed at family gatherings or at the dinner table. That lie was told to us all, not for the purpose of keeping harmony at those gatherings or at the dinner table. It was told to us all that so we would become disinterested in the things going on all about us. The goings-on that were eroding our liberty. We've talked about the frog in the pot of water that is slowly being brought up to boiling temperature. That lie was told so that we would be boiled alive in our own indifference, in our own apathy. I believe the lies told to me by the GOP and that they would fix things if I just sent them more money or voted for their candidates. The same lies that liberals tell to their own political party. None of us practiced uniform diligence when dealing with the political party where we each thought that our beliefs felt most at home in. I did not become more active in the party to try and root out the corruption that was plainly visible in it until it was too late. Most of the country did not as well. Most of the country still doesn't. I, along with nearly every single one of us, we were silent witnesses to the exploding growth of not only the federal government, but state governments, heck, even local governments. We quietly accepted new agencies, new programs, new policies, new taxes, sold to us by both sides of the aisle as necessary to maintain our quality of life. We did not say or do anything about them because we saw some personal benefit. The personal benefit to us in the short term blinded us all to the long-term erosion of our liberty. Anytime government increases in size, the liberty of the people shrinks. And we all allowed it to happen. Meanwhile, all of this should have been exposed by what is supposed to be a free press. We have very few press outlets that are doing what they are supposed to do, what their purpose is. Sure, there are favorites on the right as well as those on the left, but no major news outlets right now are performing their primary, necessary function to maintain a free society. We allow that as well by picking sides with the free press, 
the ones that told us the version of the story we liked the most, never holding them accountable for their responsibility to liberty and freedom. Then, about 20 years ago, the digital public square came fully into existence. And guess what? We treated it the same way we treated the printed press. We, almost every single one of us, never held them accountable. Our inaction, our apathy, in dealing with maintaining a free press is a threat to our liberty. It caused the effect of the press becoming a not-free press. We allowed something other than liberty to control the narrative in our newscasts and our news feeds. Then there is public education. Like I stated earlier, I would so love for this to be the greatest threat to our liberty. And again, though, it is an effect of apathy, the cause. Like many parents, I blindly sent my child to public school and did not pay close enough attention to what was being taught in those schools. My wife and I were relieved that our child was in a location supervised by adults while we both worked to earn enough money to pay our taxes and pay the bills. We also thought that homeschooling was not an option available to us. Private school tuition was definitely not in the equation either. It's a good thing that our daughter graduated public school as well as college long before the garbage really became evident. It was also a good thing that she was raised by conservatives and could see through some of the poop that was being peddled. Denise and I are blessed that we have a very intelligent child. We are also blessed that we do not have any children now in public school in this current environment. Public education, which is essentially run by the federal government and national teachers unions, has no semblance with education today. It is purely indoctrination, and they are merely culture-conforming institutions. They are not the biggest threat to liberty, folks. All of that to say this. We the people have become the biggest threat to our own liberty. The political parties are not the only things that require uniform vigilance by we the people. All institutions that enhance or degrade liberty need every citizen to practice uniform vigilance. Political parties, all levels of government, the press, big tech, social media, and public education. Through our past and current inaction, our lack of uniform vigilance, all of those institutions have grown to be the liberty-eroding systems they are. Until and unless we all regain the practice of uniform vigilance on those institutions, liberty is lost. John Adams once said, Liberty, once lost, is lost forever. It may be too late to have any effect on the federal government and its usurpations of our liberty, but we can still save our states. Once we ensure that constitutionalists are in the supermajority, notice I did not say Republicans, but constitutionalists, once they are in the supermajority in every state legislature, the states can save themselves from an ever-overreaching federal government. 
Only then can the federal government be fixed. Once it is marginalized or put back in its servant role to the states. But, ladies and gentlemen, we have to fix the biggest threat to our liberty, and that is us. No longer can we sit back and watch this happen. No longer can we allow family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, anybody in our sphere of influence to sit it out any longer. To do so is to condemn ourselves and our nation to live under the yoke of tyranny. We must tackle and defeat the biggest threat to our liberty, our national apathy. Again, if you believe any different, send me an email. Let's discuss it. Maybe I'll even have you on the podcast and we can talk about it. But ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's topic. More importantly, I hope that it stirs you to action. Action not only for your involvement, but to get everybody in your sphere of influence involved in fighting for a political solution and taking a stand in the arena. Because if we do not find a political solution, the alternative is quite ugly and something we should do everything in our power to avoid reaching. In closing, this week's wisdom from God's Word comes to us from Romans 12, 31. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We'll follow that up with some quotes from Dietrich Bonhoeffer because it ties into God's Word. He said, Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. There is more from Mr. Bonhoeffer that applies not only to today's message from God's Word, but also summarizes what is needed to address the greatest threat to our liberty as we discussed today. And those quotes are, The ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world that it leaves to its children. And the eerily prescient words he said many years ago could be said again today, right here in the United States of America. And they are, we must make it clear, fearful as it is, that the time is very near when we shall have to decide between national socialism and Christianity. It may be fearfully hard and difficult for us all, but we must get right to the root of things with open Christian speaking and no diplomacy. And in prayer together, we will find the way. Mr. Bonhoeffer is someone we have discussed on this podcast before. He was a German Lutheran pastor, theologian, and an anti-Nazi dissident who was executed by the Nazis because he would not be silent in the face of evil. He provided us with lessons from nearly a century ago about how apathy led to the rise of fascism in his country that went on to involve the entire globe in a war for liberty. We do not need that war to rise its ugly head again, especially right here on our shores among the citizens of our nation. It is time for every citizen to rise up, 
shake off the apathy of ourselves and everyone around us. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.